I got 75 with the 80. Final market report of the regular season, joined by Steve Fezzik, also known as the Tote Board Watchers Delight. It's a little long for SEO. Fez, how you doing? A little groggy. Been betting since 5 a.m. Well, yes. we're doing our second pod here. We had a bonus pod. We just went off and on and on and on about the post-Monday night scenarios, the ethics, the morality. So check that in your feed. That was intended, actually, to be the beginning of this pod. It just got too big. So we're going to keep this one ultra-focused. Fez, you've gone through most of the games. We're going to throw to that right now. And then we're going to do the Sunday night game together. So let's listen up. And there are various um, – the thing that McKenzie and Fez did well here is they said, okay, what was the assumption going into this weekend's play? And then what happened and how has those assumptions changed? The Giants and Philadelphia matchup in the final week is a great example of a major change. Let's listen to Fez pontificate. The Jacksonville Jaguars can win the AFC South with a win here. They host the Tennessee Titans. Lots of move from the summer line where the Jaguars were three-point home underdogs. But now, look ahead line was minus six and a half. World Open was minus six and a half. That's what we're looking at. Jags minus six and a half for the division hosting the Titans. What do you think? I actually have these teams eight points apart in my power ratings. But, um, you know, I'm wondering, maybe I've got um, Tennessee underrated now with Dobbs, at quarterback, because he certainly played very well last week. Further, there's certainly a an energy advantage to Tennessee that got to play a meaningless game. And uh, I know I, I know they played well against Dallas, but um, they've had 10 days now to prepare for this game specifically. Now, that's mitigated somewhat by the fact that Jacksonville had such a laugher last week. But nevertheless, it's still um, basically Tennessee's had two weeks to prepare solely for this game. Then again, they've lost seven games in a row. Their defense is banged up and not very good. Um, is that going to be enough? That's... Um, if I had to play the game, I would still lay it with the Jacksonville minus uh, six and a half just because my power ratings make this game so much higher. Great point on Joshua Dobbs because you might not see it. 32 QBR, you might not think that's that great. That's triple Malik Willis's best game of his career. So uh, Joshua Dobbs, the veteran, probably an upgrade there, even though if he's not necessarily great. Next up on Saturday, let's stay on Saturday. I mean, why did they put this on Saturday? Not very important game. Uh, I guess it is for the Chiefs, but the Raiders are eliminated uh, the Raiders host the Chiefs. This was off the board in the look-ahead window. World Open was Chiefs minus 10. Some Raiders money coming in after their good performance against the Niners. We're now looking at Chiefs minus 9.5 on the road at Las Vegas. I would love to get some information on whether Kansas City is going to stay in Las Vegas on a Saturday night after this game, which... Um would not surprise me. Obviously, everything is up in the air in terms of the AFC and what's going to happen and who's going to be the number one seed. But uh, we do know Kansas City is going to be ultra-motivated in this game. Is it going to be enough to get the cover, though? Uh, Kansas City, I show them 4-12 and against the spread this year. You know, that's remarkable for a team that is having such a great year that they're simply not covering, turning the switch on or off to win the game but not playing well enough to overcome the point spread tax associated with them. Stidham looked good for Vegas. That's reflected in that total at 53. So this certainly has the feel of a game that um, Kansas City should win, but uh, the number looks a little bit inflated. I think you may well see some money come in on Vegas in this game. Good reminder to shop around. We have the Chiefs at 6-10 and 10 ATS, but 
Depends when you got the number. So four and 12 by Fezzik's up uh, accounting. And uh, yeah, either way, not necessarily covering the spread. Are you surprised that the Chiefs are favored by the same amount that the Niners were here? Um, Chiefs have a lot to play for. They This could be, talk about whether whether they're going to stay in Vegas. They probably will if they're the, the one seed. They'll, we'll find out more details on that upcoming. But what do you make of the, the line being the same here as it was for the 49ers? Well, power rating-wise, I've got San Francisco, you know, <laughs> Not quite as good as Kansas City, but they're in the same ballpark within a point. I think what's going on here is that Stidham was completely unproven, and the fact that he had a really solid game means we simply have to significantly upgrade the Vegas team. Yeah, he was impressive. I saw him live. He was pretty impressive. Oh, you, you, you were actually um, yes. in attendance. And, and uh, I'm not a scout. I can't tell you much from being in the game versus watching it on TV, but I can tell you it was not – 40% Raiders fans. It was not 30% Raiders fans. And I don't know how they got so loud, those 5% of Raiders fans. It's kind of suspicious. But uh, a, lot, a, lot of the, a lot of the faithful here in Las Vegas on that day. So there was 75%. What percentage were San Francisco fans? 83. 80? Five out of six people were wearing red, I think. That is amazing. You know, one thing I've always noticed is that in any other city of the world, like of all 10, the University of Dayton Flyer basketball game, the support is unbelievable. An Ohio State Buckeye um, game. But um, the two um, venues that are places that I've seen the least amount of support, well, I'm a Northwestern graduate, and my goodness, um, our stadium would be 50% Iowa Hawkeyes when we would play them, etc. And here locally in Vegas, when, um, when the Rebels aren't any good, my goodness, they get no support whatsoever. We are unfortunately a fair weather fan um, city here in Vegas. We'll see what happens if uh, the Golden Knights ever have a very down year. Yeah, right. Hopefully it does not happen. Moving on to Sunday, the Seahawks host the Rams. It's the uh, first game on the board. Seahawks were just minus three when the look ahead window closed, reopened minus six and a half. That's what we're looking at right now. Seahawks minus six and a half over the Rams. Yeah, Seattle, very nice game against the Jets. A little bit of a phony final. Didn't deserve to win by that much. And, you know, the Rams, certainly a bad game against the Chargers. Akers still playing very well for the Rams, though. A Seattle team that had been scuffling prior to that win. But nevertheless, I still I make the game five on a neutral. Seattle in a must-win, still alive, potentially for the playoffs. Um, I could see this game going up to seven. Um, just because my power ratings did, did indeed make it seven. You mentioned the must win. That's definitely evident here in the line. Look ahead was three, moved all the way to six and a half instantly in a snap once the world, once, the, once they reopened the line with the world open. How much of uh, these line moves, if, if, if not all of them, have to do with the change in motivation from last week's expectations to this week? Well, I think what happens is that, especially if you had an expectation that a team would have like things wrapped up, for instance, and now they don't, etc. Um, a lot of these look-aheads, week 18 is a funky animal. It's like preseason. Power ratings aren't going to do you any good for the most part. Oh, it'll, it'll be fine if both teams have been eliminated from playoff contention. But other than that, if you've got a situation where different teams are playing for different things, you've gotten to the, get into the head of the teams and see what they're going to do, and it's extremely difficult. Um, it's more of a week that, well, we'll get to some of these games, and what's I think that's the perfect segue to go right to the next game, in fact. Very much so. The Eagles host the Giants. Now, in the look ahead, it was Eagles by two, but before any games were played, there was some money coming in on Philly. Maybe people thought they might need it. It moved up to 
Philly minus three hosting the Giants. Then the games happened. World Open, Eagles minus 13 and a half. Now we're looking at Eagles minus 14. What happened here, Fez? Well, the Eagles didn't beat the Saints like they were supposed to when they could then they could rest everybody. So now not only do the Eagles have to play to win this game, they probably have to like Captain Freedom to wardrobe. <laughs> get <laughs> get Hurts in there. Line from um uh, the running man. So uh, oh, I didn't get the reference, but I thought it was a funny thing to say. <laughs> when when Ar- when Arnold Schwarzenegger's wiping out all the stalkers, at at one point they 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 go Captain Freedom to wardrobe, and it's uh, called a Jesse the Body Ventura, a former retired stalker. Like we we need a good stalker to take care <laughs> of Ben Richards. Um, a, who knows? Uh, Dable saying all the right things with the Giants, not giving away what he's going to do. But we know the Giants are going to sit a whole bunch of people. Giants locked into the sixth seed. Can't be the fifth. Can't be the seventh. Boy, and, uh, you know, the, what, what's curious. Do you want to be, let me ask you this, Mackenzie. you want to be the two seed or the three seed in the NFC? Um, before the Packers started this run, I would have said the two seed. Now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I, well, I want the, the, the problem is, is that I don't want to have to go on the road the second round of the playoffs but I want to get the bye in the first round. And if I can't get the bye, hosting the Giants is the closest <laughs> thing to that. So it is a complicated discussion, no doubt. Next up here, the Miami Dolphins clinging to their playoff lives, host the New York Jets. The Dolphins were underdogs in the look-ahead period. We're not sure who was going to be quarterback. Still not sure who's going to be quarterback, but the Dolphins reopened as three-and-a-half-point favorites. And all the money's been on the Jets. This is a crazy line. Monday morning. It went to three, then to two. We are now looking at Dolphins pick them hosting the Jets. What's going on here? So I'm, I, I'm confident that the quarterback for Miami is going to be Skylar Thompson. You know, it's interesting. I happen to be actually up at like 4.30 in the morning. So I'm looking at the lines, going through it, and I see the lines 3.1. And I'm like, what's going on? Because there's no way Tua can play um, with his concussion situation. And, and Bridgewater was injured enough he couldn't play last week. I'm like, that means Skylar Thompson. and Dude sucks. <laughs> um, unproven. Dude's unproven. That means well, the one team he played a lot against, remember, was the Jets, and they kicked his ass. They won by what forty to thirteen <laughs> in October. Remember that game? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember. It's all been like a blur. That extra week has destroyed me. This was a rare game that I texted you live. Hey, I think I have a ins- uh, a live play. Bridgewater just went down. Some guy named Skylar Thompson's coming in. That's why I remember that game. I won some money on that. It's terrible. Win money, don't care. Um, <laughs> I'm like that. It's always bad. You know, like like I'm like too preoccupied when I like text. But I don't care. You know, so I'm just like I'm overwhelmed. I didn't have time to go get any Christmas presents this <laughs> this year. I don't care. Um, the so it's it's three point one, and I'm like, and I actually texted the hitman. I'm like, what's going on here? Um, why is Miami favored? <laughs> and why are they favored by more than three? Because both their quarterbacks that are capable can't play, right? And he's like, yep, I made it less than three, so I'm ready to give it out to my clients, but I gotta, I'm got i getting down. It's it's five in the morning. I'm not going to send out a play at five in the morning um, that I know is possibly going to be gone immediately. So I bet the, the last three and a half, and then I bet the threes, and you blink and it's two, and that's a screw it. You know, it's like it, it, to beat the NFL – I want to emphasize again, in many ways, the a lot of the betters approach it like it's a final exam where they study for five days and they go through all the data and they do all these high level bottom up analysis. And then it's supposed to lead you to the winner. And it's 
like freaking very, very difficult, if not impossible, if you're suddenly going to wake up on a Sunday morning having studied for 80 hours and think you're going to ace the exam. You know why? Because the exam, the answer to the exam is no longer going to be Miami, um, uh, excuse me, Jets plus three and a half. Now you got to, you got to, the question is, who do you like when the Lions pick? And it's a lot of, a much more difficult question. So the bottom line is, the league is fluid, and oftentimes the best bets to be made aren't, unfortunately are at 5 in the morning. They disappear immediately. Um, I, uh, having said all this, um, Miami is completely in the tank. Not the tank, but they're just playing terrible football. I could only look Jets, but I'm not betting Jets when I, could, when I had 12 hours to bet Jets plus 3, and now it's pick them. It's an interesting analogy. It, I think you're speaking to my generation because it's all about when you're in school, double-crossing your T's and rechecking your paper and you know, you're sending it off, sending it back, and you're all getting very careful for one particular, but real world ain't like that. Real world moves pretty fast. So uh, Dolphins are Jets plus three, plus three and a half, good number. Jets pick them. We're going we're gonna to have to do more work or maybe not bet the game at all. Coming up next, the Cleveland Browns visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers may or may not make the playoffs, but they have everything to play for because they can stay for an 18th year in a row or whatever it is with a winning record. We'll see what happens. Look ahead here with Steelers only by one, moved up to two and a half in the look ahead window. It's now a week three here on Monday night. What do you make of Steelers hosting the Browns? I think that the good story is, you know, Tomlin never having a losing record and people are backing him and must win for Pittsburgh and all that jazz. At Pittsburgh playing very well, and that's why Pittsburgh should be laying two and a half minus 15. But they shouldn't be laying three yeah. because I'm not sure that the better team, Cleveland's playing better as well. Um, and that was a very impressive win by Cleveland. So a classic example. Um, and I know it's not what people want to hear. They want to hear there's a clear cut right side. If the line was two and a half, I'd lean Pittsburgh. Um, and a three. I would look towards Cleveland. I make I make the line two and a half, and Pittsburgh has more motivation, but that's not enough to push it all the way to three. And Cleveland's going to be plenty motivated to to knock the hated Steelers out of the playoffs. Yeah, defensively, the Cleveland Browns keep putting up numbers. Next game here, the Indianapolis Colts, nothing to play for. Host the Houston Texans, who may have everything to play for, except especially the number one seed if they lose. We'll see what works out with Chicago. Look ahead here was uh, Colts minus two and a half. Hasn't been much movement. Uh, ticked up to three Monday morning, but we're still looking at two and a half. What do you make of this one? Yeah, you nailed it. Must-lose game for Houston. You know, that was fine when they had that nice game-and-a-half lead on the entire league to keep trying to win games, and then they fooled around and 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 actually won a game, <laughs> and all of a sudden all margin was gone. So I can't see <laughs> – the players are going to try really hard. Players want to win. The organization – let me ask you this, Mackenzie. If you were the owner of Houston, what would you do? Hmm. I don't know. I, I understand that's so much nicer. I mean, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. That's the number one versus the number two pick. That says a lot. That said, I always said this. I would have a, a philosophy, a, a mentality of trying to win as much as possible. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I, I would uh, close my eyes and let my GM uh, make that decision for me because it's difficult to own, you know, be proud of something. You re- represent a city and you try to lose or you don't, you know, you don't give everything to your fans. It's a tough situation to be in. How about you? I don't think it's a tough situation <laughs> Easy, at all. I think especially when it's a road game. So it's not like you got to just lay down. Good point. At home, in front of the, your, your 12 remaining fans. Um, so Kyle Allen, you think, coming out of retirement? I 
I, I think that this is an evaluation of talent type of week. There you go. That's a good spin. And anyone that has any kind of borderline injury, well, we want to make sure you're healthy for next year. And I think that that's – and bottom line, Indy, um, I could see under Saturday them wanting to get a win. I could only look to Indy in this game. Obviously, the power ratings don't support it. Both teams – Oh, my goodness. Tied for last. <laughs> Minus seven points ratings. Um, and with almost no home field for Indy, that puts us on Houston. But power ratings don't matter on week 18. So um, I would lean towards Indy. We need you healthy for a practice squad somewhere else next year. <laughs> yes. I don't know how you spend that. But you try. The San Francisco 49ers host the Arizona Cardinals. Look ahead here with San Francisco minus 10 and a half. Did not move until the games were played. Now San Francisco has a chance at the number one seed. That seemed crazy even last week. World Open was minus 13. Monday at 11 a.m. here in Vegas posted a 14 and a half, moved all the way that high. We are now looking across the board, 49ers minus 14, hosting the Cardinals. You know, the only advice I could give in this game and in several games is that um, all things being equal, I think that there's a sense of urgency for the Niners to, do, to just uh, do their damage get up big, and then maybe coast. Um, and what, what do I mean by coast? Maybe C-Mac doesn't get nearly as many carries, um, and they manage all their players such that they don't put their best foot forward in the second half. So if I had to bet the game, San Fran first half, Arizona second half. San Francisco first half. I like that play. Debo Samuel's coming back. I would expect him to play two series, kind of like a preseason game. So San Francisco, I do think get out strong, but – yeah, long game. Good, easy chance for the comeback. Cliff Kingsbury coaching for his life. Next game here, the Denver Broncos host the L.A. Chargers. Look ahead here was Broncos minus two and a half. And uh, explain this to me, Fez. World Open was pick. We are now looking at Chargers minus 3.2. Why all the money coming in on, on L.A.? I think the perception was that the Chargers were going to be the number uh, six seed and that they were going to rest everybody and get ready for the playoffs. And now... With um, Baltimore's demise, uh, Chargers can be the five seed. So because of that, I think that the Chargers, um, the five seed's a whole lot better than the six seed. You want to play Bengals? You want to play Bills? Or do you want to play that just absolute bottom-feeding scum that is the AFC South? Okay, I get it. <laughs> it could be Jacksonville, and Jacksonville's playing much better. But um, They're not the Bills. They're not the Bills. Having said all that, you know, this is, I, I know it's boring, like Chargers minus three, no problem with that. Good bet, I guess. Minus three and a half, you got to be out of your mind. So <laughs> you, you, had, you had 12 hours to lay three um, from Sunday afternoon till Monday morning, again at right around 4 a.m. Um, now that it's past three, I had no interest in the Chargers. They're probably going to win the game by three. Another line movement that tells quite a story, and maybe you can fill in the details here for me because I don't get it. Buccaneers go to Atlanta in their last game of the season. In the look-ahead period, there was no movement. Bucks were a one-point underdog. The thinking being they could win the division or they could be out of it, but probably not the biggest game for them. World Open, now that they've clinched the NFC South, Buccaneers were a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. It stayed that way until the Vegas books opened Monday morning, and then boom, lots of money coming in. By Monday, 11 a.m., it was Bucks as a, only a three-point underdog from seven and a half to three. That's what we're looking at right now. Bucks three-point underdogs visiting Atlanta. Don't understand it at all. Makes no sense to me. If I look at pure power ratings, I make the game three and a half. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Not Tampa seven and a half. 
not seven. I, I, well, if both teams were fully motivated, I make the game Tampa Bay at. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I, so I make the game Tampa. Uh, Tampa's five points better than neutral, so I make Tampa minus three and a half. But the um, but I would think this is like a ten point line move. I mean, Tampa's not going to play anybody, and if they do, they're going to play a series. Um, the I've seen this movie before. And everyone talks about, oh, the market overreacts to like teams that are like going to like go ahead and rest all their starters. Well, they overreact because they make this line Atlanta minus seven. Now Atlanta is minus. Um, let me make sure I got the line right. One more time. What's the current line? Falcons favored by three points, hosting the Buccaneers. Yeah, the Falcons should be laying six. I, I'm going to lay the three, and um, I don't like to guess. I don't like to like throw darts and and wonder how much how many series that the teams are going to play. There is no way. That Tampa Bay is going to take this game seriously. I mean, Todd Bowles is like, we did it, we clinched, break out the champagne. Atlanta's going to win this game, and they only have to win it by by three points. So I'll bet Atlanta. As Bowles said, a lot of a lot of coaches say the first goal every year is to win the division, uh, not to go nine and eight necessarily. So they did the first part. We'll see how they do in the playoffs. Next game here, the Washington Commanders host the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys have been favored the whole time. Look ahead was Cowboys by four and a half. Then, again, Philly lost. Some opportunities arise. World Open, Cowboys minus seven. Explain this one to me. It's been all Washington money all Monday. We are now down to Cowboys only favored by three and a half or four. What do you think of this one? All I can think of is that Dallas is going to look at the Philly line and say, you know what, we could still get the number one seed in the NFC, but it's not going to happen. Right. Because even if we win, we're not going to get the number one seed. But we could win the division, and that's a cool and all. But Philly's not going to lose. So why are we going to go out there and get banged up to get a win that's meaningless? So now I'm not so sure. It all depends upon the coaching staff. And I, frankly, if I was the coach, I wouldn't emphasize this game because I know I'm not going to win the division. But I'm not confident that Dallas is going to make that business decision. And certainly a distraction. Having said that, Washington doesn't like Wentz. And they look like as dead as a dead team could be that was playing for something last week. And now they're playing for nothing this week with Wentz. There might be a riot on their hands. I saw this already with a Denver team a few weeks ago. So um, I want no part of Washington. You say Washington doesn't like Wentz. I heard an ESPN analyst say that like it was a fact, like it was a report, like, uh, yeah, um, uh, Heineke's out and uh, the commanders don't like Wentz. It was like a fact. It's not even like an opinion. It's. Kind of crazy when you think about it. The eye test when a quarterback gets sacked is that his offensive linemen are supposed to look at him when they help him up. They when they don't like him, they put they extend their arms <laughs> and they look away. Yeah. When they hate him, yeah. they just say, "You stand up on your own." Mm. That's what I see. Next up here, the New Orleans Saints, fresh off their uh, upset win over the Eagles, they are hosting the Carolina Panthers. Look ahead with Saints minus three. They impressed. World Open, Saints minus four and a half. Some buyback, though. Panthers now, three and a half point underdog. Saints minus three and a half. Yeah, I think you, you if you had to bet, I'd take the three and a half. Um, neither team has anything to play for. I know New Orleans has been playing very well. Their best cornerback is injured, Jason Horn. And that was evident when they couldn't cover anybody on Tampa. Carolina's a team that even with the dream crusher, I don't think they, they knew if they made the playoffs that, that they were going to be, you know, bounced pretty quickly. And it's been a good story with the effort they put forward. Um, 
I could see this line closing three. I think if you're going to make a bet, um, if I was going to forecast line moves, I'd say Atlanta goes up, and I say that the New Orleans Saints comes down to three. Line move prediction from Steve Fezzik. If you've been listening to this show, you know he's usually dead on with these. He thinks money keeps coming in on the Panthers. Line closes three. And one more line prediction. I do think they're going to take Cleveland plus three against Pittsburgh. I would wait on that game um, if you like Pittsburgh, and I would I would go ahead and grab plus three right now if you like Cleveland. Cleveland only allowing 13 points since week 13. Pretty nifty right there. Last game in this section here, the Chicago Bears host the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings were two-and-a-half-point favorite on the look-ahead. Some, some action, some up-and-down action on Monday. Uh, Vikings were only minus one uh, late Sunday night, moved up to one-and-a-half by Monday at 11 a.m. All the money Monday during that day has been on the Vikings. We are now looking at three-and-a-half. I'm looking at my screen here flashing. Even three-and-a-half minus 20, Vikings favorite at Chicago. And why not with as impressive as the Vikings were last week? <laughs> oh, no, not really. Well, why not with all the underlying great stats on the oh, Vikings? Mm. No? <laughs> Uh, bottom line, the Vikings are a below-average team, but um, I talk about Houston being in a must-lose situation. Well, the Bears are in a comparable must-lose situation. If they really want to get Fields injured on a freezing day in January right before the season ends, um, and they could still get the number one pick if, by some miracle, Indianapolis can find a way to lose against Houston. So I can't see Chicago being motivated. This looks like a good game to stay away from. I'm back. Okay, Fezzi, we got one game left. Sunday Night Football, what do we got going on? So Green Bay hosting Detroit. Look at line was three and a half. Money came in on Detroit. This line went down to three. Now this line's up to four here on Monday. Green Bay laying against Detroit. And this has been flexed to Sunday night. It will be the last game. Green Bay wins. They're in. Detroit, they need some help. They need Seattle to lose, or Detroit will be eliminated earlier in the day on Sunday. All right, so there's a now Seattle is about a set, a little less than a seven point favor. So there's better than 50% chance that Detroit won't be max motivated. Yes. <clears throat> How much motivation do you expect for Detroit if they are eliminated? I wouldn't say they're going to completely be demotivated. It's a division game against a hated rival, but they'll be sad. They'll be. An 8.6 instead of a 10.5. So you're saying a modest – so so what kind of line – what would you make the line if the lines are eliminated? I would move the line a point. I think it's That's worth it. about a point. Just That's a point. It. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And what you think li- not enough. You think more. Well, I don't know. I think Dan Campbell has is pretty damn good at – energizing the troops for well, lost causes or for that's you good know. point and the season's been a, a great success by yeah, and it's on national tv mm-hmm. so maybe you're right actually i think the public bets it more i think the public bets it up to seven if they're eliminated Ooh, that's you know, a good you, question you're definitely right directionally it's just how much it's going to move because i think remember this is already imagine this thing closing at five and a half yeah with 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 Detroit not motivated? Well, that's a that's a point and a half line move, you know. It's already it's already well, priced all, in. No, no, it's four and a half, right? Okay, it's four. So so I could see it go to six. Remember, it's already priced in somewhat the chance that Detroit's going to yeah, lose, but the, but the yeah, public, that Seattle's going to win, and Detroit's going to be sad. We 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 talk about uh, a lot of the scenarios on the first, you know. Uh, impromptu pod and we have a best bet on there that's a double best bet for us which is rare um i feel like that this is the game of games for the public to 
bet this thing up like crazy if the lines are eliminated. So what odds would you it sounds like you're very sure that it wouldn't go to seven. Is that fair? Yes. To say? Yes. All right. So would you give me what odds would you give me if I say here would be the bet? And I just would want to bet a hundred bucks. So we want to go crazy. The bet is if Detroit's eliminated, does the game close at any major book at seven? Even money even I'll take. Meaning it's got to be one ten Seven, but it's just got to be one of our five books we'll pick. Chris, circle. We'll just say any book in Nevada. Also. I'll take it. If, I'll if, take if it pops at, at station so what, or what kind win, of odds are you giving me? I'll give you plus 340. I'll bet it. Let's bet go. that, baby. I think this is the point. Where were you looking? Were you, yeah, you taking 220? I probably would have taken two, 220. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but again, you probably are you're going less but than But I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying there's a less than 20% chance. Right, so, so, so here's my thinking. The difference. Is it's, it's a game that's Sunday night. So it's going to have a lot of Detroit plays. Do they play at one o'clock or four o'clock? I think this is the five p.m. Pacific time. This is game. the five p.m. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Seattle. 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 Yeah. It's got. It's a West Coast team. Yeah, so it has so to be the one one fifteen. Yeah. Four twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mm, I don't. Let's just say if Seattle gets up big, but I wish there was a bigger window here. Uh, after that ah, game, and before. yeah. But there's still. There's. I mean, those games end what at seven twenty at the latest. The four o'clock. I don't do Eastern time, just Pacific. Oh, you know three four. You got, the you got, you got like an eighty minute corridor, yeah. Yeah, so I think people can bet that. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to see that thing go up, up, and up. And let's be—it's Aaron Rodgers in a must-win against a Detroit team that is still not embraced by the country. Soft, yeah. soft dome team goes yeah. to the elements. Yeah, if if it if it doesn't zoom up here, I don't know when it we zooms just up. Just saw Green Bay murder Minnesota. Another soft dome team in the elements. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're saying I mean not- the story makes sense. I like the fact you're forecasting the betting story and I agree with this. Yes. All right. So is there anything else you want to talk about in this game? What happens if Seattle loses? What happens to the line then? Well how I mean, what what does your power rating say, assuming max motivation both teams? I only have Green Bay a point better, so that brings us right to three. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't give Green Bay two points for home field. Um, well, no. we're, going, we're going under the three. We're going from one to three, and it's a division game. So uh, I'm, giving, I'm really giving them like two, two and a half. I think bring. they should get more than that. This is the best home field. All right, three, minus three, minus 20. All right. Okay. Yeah, so, I agree. So really right here, this line is pretty reasonable because it's saying – there's there's a better than 50% chance that, that Detroit won't have motivation. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, I think, again, I don't think the books are, are going to be... Well, you know, let me address one thing, mm-hmm. because I, I got a great comp here. Yeah, yeah. Green Bay was hosting Minnesota, okay? Mm-hmm. And Green Bay was laying three and a half at post. Mm-hmm. Well, we already saw Detroit and Minnesota are considered to be comparable teams. They just played mm-hmm. at Detroit, and Detroit was laying like minus 2.6. So you're making six, my seven. point. Yeah, so given that, uh, if the motivation was the same, Green Bay should be laying like three and a half to four in this game. Exactly. With, yeah. with no with no motivation, um, with no depressed motivation for the line. Exactly. So my th- three is, is incorrect. It's short. 3.75 would be, you know, Here's correct. what I yeah. like about Fez. This was unusual here. He came up with a rationale that went against his first thought, and he shared it. A lot of times people will hold that back and say, I hope he doesn't think about it's that. It's just because I'm a little groggy, so I'm not thinking it. Well, I, no, I think you're thinking good. <laughs> we always want to have the – I think this is the way yeah. to end the pod. Now, we got that other pod, like we said. Uh, check it out. We have a double best bet on it. And we have the recap pod, which should already be up. We're going to record it right now. Hopefully there won't be any accidents. All right, talk to you then.